The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome to Big Technology Podcast Friday edition, where we break down the news in our traditional cool-headed and nuanced format. We have a great show for you today. Meta, it's introduced Threads, the so-called Twitter killer. In just about two days, the platform has added 70 million users. That's right, 70 million signups. But what does it all mean? Is it actually going to compete against Twitter? Is it going to be an Instagram competitor? That is something that's been underappreciated. We'll get into it. Joining us today is an amazing guest. Alex Heath is here. He is a deputy editor at The Verge. He's been all over this story, including interviews with Adam Oseri, the head of Instagram. And I am so excited to bring this conversation to you today. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Alex. Double Alex time. Two Alexes, that's right. Um, <laughs> let's start it off with a bang. What is what is Threads? Because I feel like you know people have called it a Twitter killer. I don't necessarily see it as that. Um, can you just describe what the platform is? Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, right before we started this, Mosseri and I have been threading, I guess is the word, about this. Um, and he specifically just said to me, like, we don't want to kill Twitter. This is in the context of the news industry, which we can get into later. But um, yeah, what is Threads? I mean, they can be saying that they don't want to kill Twitter, but I certainly think they wouldn't be launching this right now had Twitter not <laughs> kind of started to self-decay like it has in the last several months. So they kind of rushed this thing out. Um, Meta is notorious. They kind of invented this playbook for A-B testing new products uh, in certain markets around the world in the run-up to a public launch, being very methodical about stats and usage and all these things and bugs. And they just like pushed this out the door. I think Adam Mosseri said it was the most YOLO launch they've done in a very long time. Uh, and it seems to be working. They're at like, what, over 70 million signups now? I think they're going to beat ChatGPT as the fastest growing consumer software product of all time. So no it doubt seems to be that. working. Yeah. So how does the product work? Because there's a feed that looks like Twitter. It's mostly text right now. Um, would you describe it as analogous to Twitter? Or what are the similarities and differences? Yeah, I mean, it's really similar. It's it's a much simpler version of Twitter to start. This is definitely a minimum viable minimum viable product. Um, like no they're DMs. Gonna add no instance. DMs, which Adam Mosseri told me that they don't really want to add that right now, but they may be frog marked frog marched to do it. Uh, I think they will be because I think people who are power users of Twitter or have been over the years really get that 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 loop between tweet to DM is really special. Um, but yeah, it's this very simple version of Twitter hooked off of Instagram. You bring your Instagram profile over with you. Your followers kind of auto populate from Instagram when they join. So it's got this built in bootstrap network that I think is why you're seeing this crazy sign up number. This is being built off of an app that already has over a billion users, you know, Instagram. So of course you're going to get a ton of early interest. I think um, the real uh, thing to watch will be retention. Do daily users stick on the platform? Do they build a sticky product? And now they're focused on that. So adding things like a chronological feed, um, adding more, you know, list type features, bookmarks, even like you can't see your likes right now. There's just a lot that needs to happen and they know that and they've got a long laundry list. But right now it's just like a really simple version of Twitter with everyone from Instagram. So I'm going to make a, a bold claim and say that it's 
quite different from Twitter. And <laughs> okay. the reason why I'm going to put that out there is because there's no following tab. It's just for you. Yeah. So it's entirely algorithmically sorted. Actually, the algorithm looks a lot like Instagram's algorithm. Um, so I'm curious what you have to say about that. Mm-hmm. And it also moves a little bit slower. So actually, it seems like the goal of this app, and I think Meta has said this, is to get you to dive into certain conversations and then you know, participate in the threads as opposed to just like scroll through a fast feed of tweets. What do you think about yeah. that? Um, well, I think they shipped what they could for launch. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it is a very simple kind of engagement-based algorithm. Um, if you follow more people, you'll start to see more people you follow in the feed. If you don't, they're going to just be recommending stuff to you. And I think that's the right approach. Like, I think power users, people that are listening to a show like this, like want to have that control in their feed, but most people don't. Talking to, as you know too, Alex, like talking to people who work at these platforms over the years, the vast majority of users just opt into the algorithmic feed. They prefer it. Um, it's better for engagement, has always been. So I think it was actually smart for them to launch that way because like it, it auto-populates threads with content. Uh, now, whether you find that content interesting or not, they've got to fine-tune that, give you more ability to say, I don't want to see this, I want to see more of right. this, less of this. They have all those surfaces on Instagram and Facebook already, and I think it's going to be relatively straightforward for them to port that stuff over to Threads, especially since Threads is built off of Instagram's tech stack. It mm-hmm. is effectively a, a different skinned version of Instagram from like an internal meta backend perspective. So I do think that gives them the ability to move rather quickly on making some of those changes. Okay, and I think you just highlighted some really important points. So first of all, <laughs> the question of whether you find this interesting or not. Now there's a lot of energy on the platform because it's a new platform yeah. and people are trying to build up their clout and they're following there. And you also mentioned that it's effectively a different version, a reskinned version of Instagram. and. You know, it's been said by some of the observers uh, looking at this thing is that like people are pretty good at posting a picture on Instagram, you know, show a photo of your family. It doesn't really take a lot of insight or a lot of skill and you have a great camera. So you're probably going to look good. But posting text, right, that does take a little bit to to consistently write like insightful or interesting things that people want to read is much more difficult than posting a photo. This leads me to believe that people on threads will end up defaulting to images and videos, which we're already starting to see. Actually, when I open my feed now, I think it's more likely that I end up seeing a photo than I end up seeing a text post. And Moseri said that basically the way to think about this is if you want to have a conversation about something, you put it on threads. If you want to just drop a post, put it on Instagram. Um, But I think it's just such a meaningless distinction. And it just leads me to believe that what Meta has created is not actually a Twitter killer, but an Instagram killer or an Instagram competitor that is not quite sure not not fully appreciating. What do you think? Yeah, um, it's an interesting. I was thinking about this yesterday too. Um, what if so? If Threads continues to take off, wh- how does the distinction remain between the two? Um, it will present Meta with some interesting challenges because they are always thinking about uh, revenue. Obviously, they're a huge company. They have this thing called monetization efficiency, which is a term they use internally about how the different apps monetize relative to the other apps. They try to keep them in balance. Uh, they The worst situation would be having a, a um, having an app that is new and not monetized potentially overtake engagement on Instagram where they make a lot of money. 
So that will be an interesting uh, dilemma they reach when, if for some reason Threads is starting to take off to that degree, they have to decide, do we put the brakes on this because we're not making money on it? Is this actually just the new Instagram? How are we going to make it different? I think all that is like TBD. We're like a day or two into this thing, you know, but like that's, um, I think that's, you're, you're spot on to point that out early, I think. Yeah, now let me tell you what my feed looks like right now. So I have a picture of Tony Robbins at the top. Uh, <laughs> that was algorithmically selected, uh, I guess, trying to you know promote his business, but it's something he would put on Instagram. Then I refresh and it's a picture of a pizza on the top, which is great, I love pizza, but I would never use Twitter for that. I would use Instagram for that. And I think this is, a, it's a risk that I, I just think is underappreciated. I wonder if Meta really thought this through. I wonder if Mark Zuckerberg's animus with Elon Musk might have, and, and this rush to try to take advantage of a competitor's weakness might have pushed them into, you know, something that, of course, the product is being celebrated, but I also wonder if it's going to be an, an own goal. It could be. Um, I think they would not mind having an own goal. Like, that's better than just, like, not doing anything. <laughs> I know right. for a fact they saw Elon's rate-limiting fiasco on Twitter last weekend over the fourth hol holiday where he was saying you can only view 600 tweets, et cetera. And they saw that and the reaction to that and went, oh, shit, we need to just rush this out. <laughs> they were going to yep. release it next week, not this week, and give more time for celebrities to get onboarded. Uh, but they decided let's work through the holiday, through the fourth, let's get this thing out as quick as possible and just take advantage of this moment, which I think was smart because if they would have shipped this thing even two years ago, maybe even a year ago, even right before Elon was taking over, I think people would be like, why do we need another Twitter type app? But now there's this sense that people are looking for alternatives and they know that. And so this is the other thing, right? Even though I think the biggest threat is to Instagram, especially to Instagram's growth, and we can get to its fight with TikTok in a minute. It's not good for Twitter either. And I have this theory about Twitter, where is that you want about 100% of all the breaking news to show up on Twitter. That's the utility, right? If something is happening in the world, you want to be able to know that you can go to Twitter and you'll find out about it. Now, let's say even 25% of that energy moved elsewhere. Let's say it moved to a place like Blue Sky. Let's say people who used to post breaking news to Twitter, they're now posting it to threads. For some reason, maybe they're posting some of it to TikTok. Twitter as a place where you get like 75% of the breaking news is so much less useful than a place that when you get 100%. In fact, it's a much bigger ding to it than just a 25% decline in value. So I'm curious what you think this means for Twitter, how Twitter should feel about this, even if, you know, potentially it's not exactly going to kill the app. It could degrade the app in a way that's actually a lot more meaningful than well, completely destroying it. Yeah, I mean, we know how Twitter feels because Alex Spiro, Musk's <laughs> personal lawyer, yes. sent this super cringe letter to Meta yesterday threatening to sue because they think that Twitter employees are working, former Twitter employees that Meta hired are working on threads and stealing Twitter's secret sauce. And then Meta responded saying, uh, no, Twitter employees are working on threads. That's not a thing, which was, I thought, a great response. I'm, I think the interesting framing here is what Mosseri and I were talking about on threads right actually before we started recording, where he literally said to me, my take is from a platform's perspective, any incremental engagement or revenue they, the news industry, might drive is not at all worth the scrutiny, negativity, and let's be honest, integrity risks that come along with them. Hmm. So that's him being pretty blunt about how Meta feels about promoting news. And they're not going to take any active role and putting the thumb on the scale for news to flourish on threads. They're not gonna they're not gonna 
unpromote it. They're not going to discourage right. it. But they could keep it at an arm's length and it would still feel yeah. better for a lot of people disseminating yeah. news than Twitter, which is where the risk yeah. really comes for Twitter. Yeah, they, what they, do you think they this know. Means for like a product perspective for Twitter. Um, well, base. I mean, we're we're so early in this. Like, we should have this discussion again in a couple months. Like, they can't even really calculate what a DAU is on Threads yet because we're not even a week into this. Four days in. Um, but imagine but, it continues on its trajectory. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, uh, the energy is certainly there. Uh, the news industry is is already there in a pretty big way. In a which big I've way. Been surprised like I was scrolling through and I was like, "The Economist is on this thing." Like, what yeah, the well, think about it. it. They're all years to. Oh, they're. I kind of I underestimated how yeah. much the news industry had migrated to Instagram, right. even though Instagram hasn't really been a place you think of for news. But all the brands have accounts there, just because it's such a huge platform, and those accounts get automatically ported into Threads. So that's happening while at the same time, Moseri, the head of the app, is saying, like, we're not going to promote this. Like, we're okay with it, but we don't love it. Like, we don't want the baggage. Uh, definitely don't want the Threads 2024 election. Um, like, I'm waiting for RFK Jr. to get on there and start talking about anti-vax stuff and get labeled. And, like, we're going to be in this, like, it's like you and I have been covering Facebook for a long time. I, I just, like, I'm ready for this cycle to, like, start all over again, but, mm -hmm. like, with a new app. Um for Twitter, uh, it's just another problem. I mean, I don't like, is this, is this their main problem? I think their main problem is like, they've got a bunch of vendors that they haven't paid who are threatening to sue them or have sued them for bills that they haven't paid. Like they can barely hire, uh, all of their former employees are wanting the company to burn that like Twitter has very few friends right now. And so I, I, yeah, the news leaving Twitter is a problem for them, but like, I don't, I don't know if it's even like their fifth biggest problem right now. Well, I disagree with that. I think that, you know, <laughs> the stuff that you're talking about, money can fix problems, right? If your bills aren't paid, you can figure that out. But ultimately, like if you're a tech product, what you are is what you are for users, right? And yeah. it does seem like the product is degrading for users. I mean, users are there for up to the minute information and entertainment. Right, so if yeah. Meta is trying to take that entertainment thing and and threads and news news folks are trying to find anywhere they can to go that's not Twitter, and then what are you going to be on the platform for? Uh, Elon, <laughs> you like Elon? Right. I mean, that's kind yeah. of like where it's trending these days. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he, like he bought it saying he needs the, it's essential to have a town square for the world, and it's become his town square, and I just think it's deeply fascinating that Meta, this company that you know, a year or two ago, everyone was going like, they, these guys are evil. They should not, you know, they're a monopoly. They shouldn't have more power in social media. Now we're like, please, like we need an alternative to Twitter run by Mark Zuckerberg. Like, can this be the actual town square? Uh, the irony of all this is I think Meta may actually create a good town square or at least right. a better one than what Elon has uh, in mind for Twitter. So I want to talk about their ability to create a better town square but first of all let's just kind of key in on what you just said which is that <laughs> it does seem like everybody who's talked about how mark zuckerberg is the root of all evil is all of a sudden like praying to mark zuckerberg to take you know <laughs> the energy away from twitter what do you make of of this you know shift especially for many in the media to sort of go from you know zuckerberg's biggest and facebook's biggest critics to now their biggest supporters i mean it's the end like is it it's is it intellectual dishonesty i mean what, what would you say it is I think it's the enemy of my enemy. You know, I think everyone found a tech billionaire mogul that they hate more than Zuckerberg and it's Elon Musk. And 
it's kind of as simple as that. Like, I mean, how do you, uh, if it's, if it's about rooting for executives, then how do you have a lot of credibility or any credibility? If it's let, I mean, I, I guess like, I'm trying to wonder, I'm not saying you, Alex, I'm saying, yeah, you know, Royal you, yeah. I'm trying to wonder like how press that could have, you know, how did, how, how they so totally went after Zuckerberg, um, can cheerlead threads and still be believed in terms of like their ability to evaluate technology issues critically. <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone do, if you took a normal person off the street and said, do you think the news industry can evaluate these tech companies uh, critically and honestly, would they say yes? I mean, I think we, mm -hmm. as the collective news industry have been losing our credibility slowly uh, as mm -hmm. objective truth sayers for a long time, which is a whole bigger discussion. Um, but I do think Mark Zuckerberg, as your lower third, you know, is suggesting his image has shifted quite a bit. And it's also a result of like the jujitsu and the cage match and, and bragging about how much sleep he gets and his kids. And like, he's got this kind of dad vibe going. Mm -hmm. that is just more endearing than Musk's um, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know. Like, um, I I just it's one interesting of my commenters to watch today said that yeah. what Musk has been doing is just the walrus, which is his yeah his so called uh, right. wrestling move where he just like lays on top of yeah. you and just wiggles and they're like most of what he's been doing has just been you know lump maneuvers without much thought or skill and yeah you know, I mean it's race. like you know uh, Elon has built some amazing companies like he knows how to do hardware he knows how to do deep tech scientific mm -hmm. breakthroughs no question. And software i mean paypal is in x and software although those. his his uh influence on paypal i think yeah definitely was influential but like that's kind of a, a little bit mm -hmm. i think thornier but yeah in terms of like he can make amazing cars and spaceships and the satellites like absolutely software and people my boss and eli wrote this great essay when he took over twitter called welcome to hell just saying like Basically, mm -hmm. all these things that you think you're good at, like you have no idea how different social media is and because it's people and uh, the, the weirdness that comes along with that. Um, Mark Zuckerberg has been doing this his whole life. He knows nothing except social networks. And so uh, Mark's not out there trying to make cars, but Elon's now trying to do social media. And Mark's now saying as of this week, like, let me show you like how it's done and and yeah. and like oh and we may go fight in a cage as well which like i still hope happens obviously but um for now we're just in software fights the cage match has been such a great promotional tool for threads like it you couldn't <laughs> matter you couldn't imagine a better uh way to gin up interests in your new social yeah. platform than to say you're gonna fight the world one of the world's richest men who happens to own the biggest competitor in a steel yeah. cage. Yeah, it's Man, great. I, I hope it happens. I mean, it I seems it like even too. less likely now, but I do hope it happens. Especially because I just, I played such a small but fun role in it where he, Elon was responding to me about it. And uh -huh. uh, I just wanted, I just, it would be, it's going to be so self-fulfilling if I can just be sitting there ringside and watch the walrus take, take place. It would um, be great to see. I mean, Elon has I, to try the walrus at this point if, if, he, he does. if he's in there. And, you know, if it happens at the Coliseum, that's going to be a bummer because, you know, that's going to be super hard to get into. It's very limited uh -huh. seating. Uh, it's going to be very expensive. So I hope it's actually in Vegas. I hope Dana White gets that done in Vegas. But, yeah, we'll see.
exactly. All right, I wanna take a quick break and then come back and talk a little bit about um, whether threads can actually make friendlier social media. And then we can also um, you know, potentially get to some questions. We're streaming live here on LinkedIn. So if you have questions, please drop them in and we'll get to them. Yeah, so why don't we do that? All right, we're here with cool. Alex Heath. He's a deputy editor at The Verge. Very big into this whole story about threads. We'll be back right after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. And we're back here on Big Technology Podcast Friday edition with Alex Heath, deputy editor at The Verge. He's been covering this thread story in great depth. Um, and, well, anyway, it's, it's been a week for you, Alex. I won't get yes. too deep into it. It's been a week, yeah. Um, so let's just talk about the dynamics of, of threads. Because when Zuckerberg and Mosseri have talked about how they want to make this like a friendlier version of Twitter, I thought, okay, that's a little bit delusional. Social media isn't friendly at all. However... Um, there have been some interesting things in the product that have been um, pretty intriguing in terms of the way that they're operating it. So first of all, there's no counts on the numbers of retreats or re-threads you get. Um, and people have talked about how Twitter is this anger video game and the points are the retweet numbers. And now they don't display the points. I mean, they're very interested in you know showing metrics and hiding metrics. And so like the fact that they've hidden those are, is, is pretty telling. It also seems like the algorithm is just prioritizing. I mean, you can, you know, tweak a social media algorithm to be like, if someone calls you like an idiot or a dummy or a loser or nerd, you know, get that out of there. And if someone says awesome, amazing, super, that's so cool, you know, uh, you can promote it. So what do you think about the way that the product is structured? And do you think they have a snowball's chance in hell of actually making it a friendly social media forum? Because that would be quite an accomplishment. I mean, give them the Pulitzer if they do that. <laughs> I mean, or the Nobel Peace Prize, actually. I don't know. Is it possible to uh, quantify the friendliness of a platform? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Meta. Yeah, has we tried. can do a vibes quantification. A vibes. We know. I mean, this is this has been done. Like the comments on yeah. YouTube, for instance, are like the meanest place on the internet. And yeah. you know, places like Reddit can is a helpful place, and places like Twitter is an angry place. I do think the identity portion of this is important. So you can certainly have alts on Instagram and have pseudonymity there. Um, but in general, you're getting a lot of people who are themselves, like their 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 real names coming over from Instagram and are following the people they follow on Instagram, which is a good mix of people you actually know and of course brand accounts and celebrities. But it's not this totally anonymous, uh, unpersonal thing like Reddit or even Twitter has been where you're just kind of coming into it blind. So 
I do think that has a chance. I mean, the vibe I've gotten in the last, you know, whatever, 36 hours is that it is a pretty friendly place in general. I would hope that a new platform wouldn't just start off being super mean, but I guess it could. Um, I don't know how they make it ensure that it's friendly. I mean, what will inevitably happen the bigger it gets is that people who want to sow discord, people who want to rage, uh, dunk, bully, um, the like, you know, conspiracy theory stuff, that's all going to come on there and they're going to have to to moderate that. And I think they're prepared to do that. Uh, they're pretty aggressive with moderation on Instagram. Um, and it's the same tooling. So um, is Instagram friendly social media? I guess that's the question. If you think if you think Instagram is relatively friendly social media, I think threads will be too. It seems like it, but also Instagram is filled with fakeness. And well, yeah. And I think Threads already is too. You've got a lot of like the LinkedIn, high LinkedIn, but like LinkedIn thirst trap influencer content, like recycling memes from that I've seen the same thing posted on Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of people trying to already game the system. Um, But I don't know, it seems friendlier, at least for now. Yeah, so we have a question um, from someone watching here from Doug. Um, about whether Meta is really ready to moderate threads. And I am curious, like, if you, I think there is going to be this kind of culture war issue where, like, Twitter will be like, oh, people will say Twitter is the free speech network and Meta is the censorship network. And, you know, so I'm curious what you think the moderation is going to look like and does it, like, divide into, you know, two networks where, like, Twitter is, like, you know, potentially, like, you know, true social and you have Meta as, like, the, the you know, Democrat <laughs> I definitely don't think they want it to be Democrat Twitter. I have already seen like their warning labels, misinformation labels that they have on Instagram. People have been saying that's been spotted on threads. So again, mm-hmm. it's like the same tooling. So well, are they ready to moderate it? Again, we're talking about something that is literally built on Instagram's tech stack using the exact same moderation, content guidelines, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they'll, they're going to moderate it. They certainly have more moderation capabilities than Twitter does, um, even before Elon. So, um, yes, I, I do think it's going to, there's no nudity, for example, which is a huge, yeah, maybe that's more likely or like Twitter um, is the porn social network. And then, yeah, um, well, I saw someone say no Tumblr, Tumblr for incels, which is, <laughs> right, which I think is Twitter. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is interesting. I mean, the porn will, will keep the appeal of, of Twitter. I don't know ever since, Elon's took over. I've definitely seen way more showing up in like really benign searches. I like search for like the Mets game. And next thing I know, I'm like watching, you know, seeing this this awful images scroll. I mean, mean, like the top thing on my feed on Twitter yesterday was a like three hour Lex Friedman video interviewing RFK Jr. Mm -hmm. Like literally it was like maybe three hours long, like at the top of the feed. And I'm just like, okay, this is what this platform is now. Um, It's just, it's changed so much. Do you find Lex, do you think Lex is right wing? I think he's seems more down the center. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's right wing or that it's, I'm just saying like, that's the kind of content. It's like, it's, it's Elon's circle of who he spends Mm -hmm. time with, who Twitter has become this reflection of him. Uh, Not a town square, not something that's objectively more, has bigger breadth, more types of content. It's actually narrowed quite a bit into like, I think the circle that, Elon would like to like go to a barbecue with on like a Friday. Yes. So what do you think about pseudonymous account? Is that the right way to say it? 
about accounts know. with fake names. Um, <laughs> it's a very difficult word to say. But like one of the things that's really thrived on Twitter is people that have, you know, made these names like, you know, these parody accounts or, you know, sort of accounts with without their names and they've mm-hmm. just gone crazy on on putting all this content out there. Now, it seems like there's like a lot of people who are pretty worried about using threads because they think that they're going to like lose their you know, their anonymous identity or meta will inevitably expose to their parents, like what their Finsta account is, things like that. It's a real concern, right? Yeah. And you can't cycle threads accounts like you can, like between them, like you can on Instagram. Also, Mm. if you try to delete your threads account, it will delete your Instagram account, which is a huge problem for people. I think they're going to, they're working to untie that, but that's what the V1 experience. Um, yeah, Instagram really embraced alt accounts because they saw that that's what young people wanted. They want the they wanted the finstas and the instas and all that. And um, I don't know. I just don't think that's like a first order problem for them with Threads right now. I think they'll get to that, but that's not like at the top of their list. Like Threads is not available in the EU yet, for example. Like that's a tier one problem. Right. Pseudonymity or pseudonymous accounts are like probably the twentieth problem. Um, right. But. Um, it is a huge difference from Twitter. I think it's for the best. I think alts give you more cover for people to treat others uh, in a way that they wouldn't treat them if they were talking to them in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think as a platform, if you can encourage people to talk to each other like you would face to face, you have a better shot at kind of maintaining civility. The EU thing, the way that I read that yeah. was kind of like a FU from Meta to Europe. Um, <laughs> And the company didn't really think that it was going to have threads take off in this nature. And so they thought it was like a, an easy way to just kind of thumb their nose at Europe. Now the platform's taken off. I mean, of course, they can operate in Europe. They have Facebook operating in Europe. They have Instagram operating in Europe. What is this business that a new app can't operate in Europe? So I, I would imagine that they very quickly you know, back down on this. Like, it's kind of like the same thing that they do. Like, you want us to pay for news, you can't have any news. Like, it's like that, except now it's actually costing Meta in a big way um, in terms of its ability to grow this platform in Europe. Well, I think you're right that it's costing them, but I think you're wrong on the reason they did it. And it's going to take long, a long time. I would, I would not be surprised if in six months, Threads is still not in the EU. Maybe okay, in six so months it'll why. be on there. Yeah. Uh, because of regulation that the EU is passing that's coming into effect next year called the Digital Markets Act, it labels Meta, Apple, Google, all the big tech platforms as gatekeepers. And mm-hmm. with that distinction comes a bunch of new requirements about they have to be interoperable with other platforms. They can't self-preference their own services on their platforms. The list goes on and on. It's the most sweeping tech regulation that's ever been passed by uh, such a large governing body. And all the big tech platforms, not just Meta, are freaking out about it and how they're going to comply with it. But how and can they threat, operate Instagram there and not threat? because it's already because it's already an existing product. So when you launch uh-huh. something, there's a level of attestation you have to do about the data leakage, hmm. how that data on that platform interacts with the data on the rest of your gatekeeper platform. So because Threads is tied to Instagram, are they mixing data for ad targeting with other platforms? How are they doing that? Um, they have to certify how all that is happening internally directly to the EU. And if they're wrong in how they certify it or if they miss something or because they're so rushed, they don't look under all the covers and they miss how some data leakage is happening, they get fined out the wazoo. These are not just like parking ticket yeah. fines. These are debilitating 
fines based on a company's market cap that could literally put a company out of business. So they don't want to play with that. That's what Adam told me and others. And so that's why they're taking their time on it. They didn't even like A-B test threads in the wild like they do, like I was saying earlier. They just like mm-hmm. released it to get it out. And so the, the this is the first example of the EU and the DMA and how that's going to slow new products from coming out in the EU. I do think we're going to see plenty of other software products like this not come out in the EU initially because of the DMA. Interesting. Okay, so that's something that um, I'll, I will agree with you on that. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, let me, let me uh, ask you a further question. I mean, how do you think European citizens are going to react to this? Can't imagine they're going to be so happy. Yeah, I mean, I would be mad um, if I'm in the south of France right now, chilling on holiday, and I mm-hmm. can't get on threads. I do know friends who are in the EU right now, and they're using threads. Uh, so it is possible, and people have VPNs. It's, let's not pretend that like you can't get an app if you don't want it, no matter where you are. Um, but it's not like in the EU app store, right? So there, there's a level of accessibility that you're not getting. Um, I, I wonder if backlash from people not being able to get threads or whatever else comes out next, the next chat GPT, et cetera, will result in the EU commission rethinking some of this. I don't know. The, the DMA has changed so much since it was first mm-hmm. proposed. It's release has been pushed back something like two years. There's been so much lobbying about how to change it and make it more um, uh, something that companies can actually comply with. It's just so sweeping and affects so much of how these companies operate. Again, it's very unprecedented. So I think we're all it's all kind of like happening in real time right now. Right. Okay. A couple more questions for you. First of all, um, do you think Meta is paying or do you know of Meta paying any of the creators? to be on threads. It seems like they're that not. would be a standard part of the playbook, but why hasn't it happened in this in this case then? Yeah, they're not. Um, they have had done that playbook before and I think it's they've it's not worked for them. That's been if you work in the news industry long enough, you'll have heard about four different cycles of Facebook mm-hmm. launching new products, new surfaces, the watch tab, etc., writing a bunch of checks to publishers to get on there and then pulling the plug in two years. It's like a tale as old as time. Right. And I think they've realized that, video. that, yeah, the playbook just doesn't work. So no, they're not. I had heard that they were considering it, but uh, they decided not to. And so, um, no, they're not writing checks this time. Okay. And I, I had teased earlier about the TikTok battle. That to me seems to be the biggest thing in mm. Meta's sites right now. And you don't think this is going to be a little bit of a distraction? Like, how do you think this impacts their battle with TikTok? I think they feel pretty good about where reels are at. Um, relative to TikTok, they've made up a lot of lost ground and certainly they're still worried about it, but they see the opportunity with Twitter's implosion right before them. And I think the real stuff is kind of more just uh, kind of just trending up and Mm -hmm. they're not as worried about it anymore. There's some amazing data that I think last last quarter, they had 24% more time spent on reels thanks to some AI improvements they made in the algorithm and it just shows you that that product is just absolutely exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is what Meta does. They right. take formats that other people invent, stories, uh, short vertical video, uh, tweets, <laughs> whatever, uh, tweet threads, and then they just bolt on billion plus user bases, scale it, add in better tooling, better infrastructure, uh, more moderation, and it's like a it's it's their playbook and it's it's always worked yeah and so here they come 
yeah. what's your what's your as we wrap? What's your uh, prediction on on where this goes? Um, threads, big, like we won't, just in we, won't uh, we won't um, hold you to it, but yeah, okay. speculate away. Uh, what does Threads evolve into, and what's its impact on the rest of the meta business and Twitter? Well, I, th- I th- what I can safely predict is they um, are now going to be throwing a lot more resources at Threads than it had originally. Threads was built by a team of a few dozen people inside Meta. The first code for the app was written in January. It's come together very fast. Um, now it's got the attention of the world. It's got Mark Zuckerberg posting regular new user sign-up goals or milestones. Um, the whole company is excited about it. And when that happens inside a big company like that, guess what? Everyone wants to work on it. People want to throw more budget at it, more headcount. I expect that team to grow really quickly um, and them to start shipping a lot. And be very curious to see what they keep borrowing from Twitter in terms of like, do they add bookmarks? Do they add audio? What do they choose to take? What do they choose not to take? They're ruthless studiers of these other platforms and the metrics and all of that. And so if they are choosing to leave things out that Twitter has, it's probably because they've done research and they know that it's not really working. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they learn from their competitors more than any other software company that I've reported on. So um, I, I think the safe prediction is like Threads is going to change quite a bit. And they're going to only throw more resources at it now that it's blown up. And where does this leave Elon Musk's Twitter? I don't know. He's trying to turn it into like a bank. I mean, he wants, he's like, he wants, like, he got some money transmitter licenses the other day. Um, they're trying to convince advertisers to come back. He's got the new CEO, Linda Yaccarino, who's not really a CEO, but she's got that title. Um, I don't know, man. Twitter's in such a tough spot. I, mm-hmm. Never count out Elon. Like that's what everyone who knows him tells me. Like you know, he's he's one of the generation's defining entrepreneurs, of course. Um, but you've got Meta to contend with in a social media war. That's a tough battle. It, this is not. These are not rockets. Like this is. These are people, and uh, and posts. And uh, Zuck knows that better than anyone. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Alex Heath, thanks so much for joining. <laughs> thanks for having me. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll be back Wednesday with our next flagship interview. And again, back here on Friday with Ranjan Roy, who's currently out in Romania. So we're excited to hear about his travels. And we hope that you join us next week. If you are a first-time listener, please hit subscribe. If you've been listening for a while, or even if you just enjoyed this first episode, a five-star rating goes a long way. Again, we do these news shows every Friday and a flagship interview every Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, everybody, for being here live on the stream and everybody on the feed. We'll see you next time on Big Technology Podcast.